And now, your go-to source for year-round fantasy hockey advice, DFS and betting coverage. This is NHL Fantasy on Ice. What's going on, everybody? Thursday morning, NHL Fantasy on Ice. Pete and Nick back with you talking fantasy, some of the awards market storylines going on around the league. Nick, how's it going, buddy? I'm fantastic. want to say thanks to all our great friends over at YouTube. Smash that like button, subscribe, do whatever you got to do. We're loving you out there. But speaking of luck, Pete, and I'm doing great. We, we got to commend our guy, Bob Bender. Last podcast comes out, throws the hammer at the Carolina Hurricanes. And what they do, they win that hockey game. Yeah, some of the listeners don't like when we pat ourselves on the back. But you know okay. what? I have to pat myself on the back here because... Nick Alberga throwing out Willie O'Ree night is going to keep me hey, away from the angles. Carolina Hurricanes. Going to keep <laughs> me away from an underdog Carolina Hurricanes who went into Boston. Oh, my goodness. And just, what was it, 7-1 or something like that? There's I mean, a lot to not enough. Bring back Jeremy Swayman. Oh, That's my answer. So, yes, I'm going to pat myself on the back. Petey, take us into the Vesna talk. I know we wanted to start the show talking a little bit about Vesna odds and some of these uh, goalies that have been performing. Shesterkin last night at the Garden, Petey. Yeah, I mean, I did want to also mention, though, that sometimes we're wrong on the show. And of course, uh, Tuka Rask had a pretty bad outing there. We already got a comment on Instagram saying we, we should did. issue an apology for saying Tuka Rask was a top 15 goalie. I still think he will be over time. But yeah, it doesn't get much worse than that. Maybe still some rust for Rask to shake off here. But yeah, Shesty's carrying me in this one league, man. And I think right now, other than Vasilevsky, who seems to be solidified at the one spot in the Vezina top five for me and probably for everybody, Shesterkin's got to be number two. And he just knocked off Jack, Jack Campbell in that matchup. So uh, maybe that gives him a slight edge right now. I thought Shesterkin was uh, tremendous on Broadway, uh, more so even after he let the first couple goals of that game, where again, it seemed like Toronto was in control and the numerous amount of breakaways, like the Rangers were not good defensively in that game. And, and, and that's what you need from your, your, your big dog in between the pipes. Um, and I think that honestly stands for something, Pete, is winning that game against another guy you know is in that Vesna conversation. And now suddenly it looks like fatigue has hit Jack Campbell. He's surrendered 18 goals in the past four games. The Leafs uh, a bit more leaky defensively, but I think Shesterkin is on a short list right now. And I know he missed some time with COVID and injury, but it's it's going to be a duel to the finish down the stretch here because he's gaining ground by the day here, Pete. And that's the tough thing with goalies, whether you're predicting from the beginning of the season. Like I know, obviously, we were all high on Kemper and Robin Leonard, and we still like yeah. those guys' ceilings for the rest of the season. And good to see Kemper is not uh, injured. It sounds like he's going to actually start on Thursday. So even though Francois has got the shutout, Kemper not going away anytime soon. But yeah, when you look to the preseason and also in season, that's the test of time, right? You look at can this goalie withstand the ups and downs? Jacob Markstrom, amazing start. One of the Vezina front runners uh, had a good outing the other day, but really bottomed out for a while as the Flames regressed. And that's the problem here. And with Shesterkin, you could always say through thick and thin, you know, slow start to the game, but really rebounded. And Shesterkin is kind of like Sorokin in that way. Even when everything goes terribly wrong for his team at different stretches, different periods, you see that guy rise to the top over the course of the game or over the course of the season. So, Pete, I'd love to dissect the dichotomy of the thinking of a New York Rangers fan. So I go on social media frequently. You know this. 
it's like anybody gets triggered if you mention the name Andre Vasilevsky or Jack Campbell or Kale McCarr or Victor Hedman. Like, you know, people out there after one start, and it's just so funny, like Igor Shostorkin is now the best goaltender on the planet, which I think we can both disagree. It's Andre Vasilevsky and then everybody else. Adam Fox, it was like Rangers fans needed that performance from Adam Fox because Victor Hedman had an all-world game the other night. Like, can you explain why that's the case where everybody gets so defensive? Can there not be more than one good goalie in this league or one, you know, one good defenseman in this league? I'm having a hard time with that, Pete. I think there's a, a bravado with some of the <laughs> some of the Ranger fans out there. But, hey, they're proud of what's going on here. I mean, you look at the Should awards be. market. Chesty's yeah. near the top of the Vezina Fox uh, potentially could defend his Norris Trophy title from last year in only sure. his third season, which would put him in some really rare air. And Gerard Gallant's one of the, of course, uh, Coach of the Year candidates oh, yeah. uh, for sure. We knew he would be coming in. And then, you know, I know the top guys are not really in the MVP conversation right now, but they just what voted in Mika Zibanejad. So, you know, they got that power of a strong fan base and and the team is backing it up now. So that's I think that would explain it a little bit. First of all, that bravado, I blame Uncle Dan Rosen, Uncle Dan Rosen. That's his fault. Okay, go listen to him on NHL at the rink because all he does is talk about the New York Rangers and it gives those Rangers fans that that bravado. Okay, the other thing I'll say is I had Mike Kelly on with Darren Millard and Mike Kelly says that the Rangers are punching above their weight, that they really are going to you're going to see a decline with the Rangers as the schedule moves forward here. And the third thing I'll say is I picked up Ryan Reeves in one of my deep fantasy leagues. This guy is scoring goals left and right. baby. (laughs) Let's go. Ryan Uh, Reeves is going to win me this fantasy championship, Nick. Have fun with that. Uh, No, that was a cool (laughs) game. Uh, You love to see that. I think that was his second career two-goal game. He had one with St. Louis, had a fantastic interview after that game. You need players like that. And um, I think Ryan Reeves, you know, can can be a factor come playoff time. Like, it's it's funny to say, but you need a tone setter as long as they don't cross that line. So uh, we love that. Good on the New York Rangers. Chessie's unbelievable. I'm very curious to see Pete down the road what happens with Georgiev. I don't think this this year, maybe in the offseason, uh, but as long as you have goaltending, you can go as far as you want, Pete. Like, uh, you know, you, you look at the upper echelon teams, they all have a legitimate goalie. They do. And I think, you know, the Leafs are near the top of the league standings, but I still view them a step below. Obviously, a team like the Rangers, a lot of yeah. those top teams in the Metro division and then the top teams in their own division. So, you know, I, th- I still think the link, the, the Leafs are a little bit fool's gold right now in terms of. Uh, their price and things like that. Uh, we usually see the ugly head come back out um, with that team. So I still view them a step below all those, uh, you know, top five, six teams right now in the league, but they're pretty close and uh, they can hang with the best of any team out there. We've seen them play even in some excruciating losses. We've seen them build big leads against teams like the Avalanche lately, the Rangers, some other top teams out there. So they're not half bad, but they're going to need a lot better effort on a more consistent basis against some of these top teams to finish the job that they started. You know, it's funny, uh, you know, Wednesday's slate of games, the two of the three that we are certainly looking at um, closely with it being on national TV, um, you know, the Leafs game and the Rangers game should have been the Colorado Anaheim game, right? Like a low scoring tight checking game. You got two Vesna finalists, presumably. And then conversely, we all thought the the Avalanche and Ducks game was going to be crazy high scoring and the goaltending was solid. So John Gibson comes back in that game, Pete. I thought he was awesome. 
And Pavel Francouz, uh, again, this is a prevailing storyline that we've been hammering this drum for a couple of weeks now. Go out and get Francouz, gets a shutout back-to-back road shutouts now, I believe, for Colorado. They're starting to buzz. Like, again, if they can get the goaltending come playoff time, that's going to be a scary out, isn't it? It is. They're the class of the league since January 1st. Uh, we knew it was going to happen. Uh, yeah. They're likely to win the President's Trophy when it's all said and done. And we still haven't seen the very best out of some players on that team, some secondary guys. So, um, again, that team is going to need to change its style of play a little bit come playoff time. We've been talking about that ever since uh, they bowed out in uh, rough fashion against Vegas last year. (laughs) Speaking of Vegas, you know, Eichel, it sounds like might need another month or two before he actually suits up for Vegas. So maybe um, a long term IR type factor if it aligns with the with the start of the playoffs uh but maybe you know vegas might not be getting eichel back as soon as expected a couple of weeks ago so that could be a concern and you know leonard's been disappointing they're still without martinez they're still without patcheretti and uh you know we're both gravitating towards the avalanche and and the golden knights all season long it feels like but the abs have the thunder right now and the golden knights trying to pick up the pieces right now lots can happen of course over the next month and we'll see when the cycle debut does happen uh but certainly there's a value there's tons of value i should say around that roster especially with a guy like jack eichel coming into the mix we don't know when it's going to happen but it'll happen right bob well wait a second i i before the show started before i hit the big red button and and hit record we were talking about eichel i read something that he's not coming back for a month or two and we got some some fantasy questions on that i mean what do you do if you went out and got eichel i mean two months away from playing at this point i mean that's a long wait peter yeah it is you might have to think about cutting the cord in a one-year league because you're gonna hold on for him all through all these ups and downs and covid list additions of course ir spots are huge right now if you have two of them you can't really be wasting one on eichel if he's not gonna play for you you know unless you make the fantasy championship or something like that so uh, depending on your league scope and your league formation and how much flexibility you have. Of course, if you have an IR spot to use and hang on to them, especially in a keeper league, you have to do that. Uh, but if you have three, four or five guys, you know, on IR, IR plus spots and you don't have any room to work with, then you might have to just think about moving on in a one year league from Jack. I'm setting the over under on February 15th that he plays. Uh, we'll start with Bob. Yes or no, over under February 15th, Jack Eichel plays for the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't think we see this guy until mm-hmm. championship week in college basketball. You know, I think he's going to be When's that February first, that? first week of March, something March, like yeah. that. I think I think Jack Eichel, I would take past that February 15th. Oh. I hope he's back before. I hope he's back before. But Peter, uh, from what I'm reading, and I, I have some insiders in Vegas, too. Do my you? pal Darren Millard. Yeah, my pal okay. Darren Millard. I don't want to say he's, you know threw me a couple notes, but uh, Eichel, I think, passed February 15th. I agree. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't uh, jump the gun here. It's Again, it's a serious injury and recovery, and it's the first time any surgery like that has been done on a player, so I don't think they're going to rush him back, especially as they lead that division, and doesn't seem like anybody's going to take it away from them right now. But, you know, some of these other teams out there in the Pacific – are definitely attractive fantasy-wise. You mentioned Anaheim. We've talked about L.A. We've talked about the Sharks. But 
you know, I was looking at the Sharks goaltending. So James Reimer had some rough, rough starts and, you know, but then had a great outing the other day and his save percentage is up to like 918 on the season. And then also Aiden Hill's not half bad, worse statistically. But, you know, I think that tandem's a little underrated. Um, I would still hold on to James Reimer because I think the Sharks are going to stay in contention at least for a while. But what are you feeling about James Reimer and where he sorts out in the goalie mix right now? Yeah, I actually think James Reimer is like a tad underrated. And, and maybe it's just so where he's come from. Like a team like Carolina is known for how good it is defensively and raising up goalies. Like look at Frederick Anderson, what he's done this year and anti Ronta when healthy. Um, certainly, I think there's some appeal uh, with James Reimer. I'm, I'm with you. Like I, I think just more so because of that division where there's opportunity and there's some weak teams. I think San Jose is going to continue to sniff around. Are they going to make it in? I don't know at this point, but I think from a fantasy perspective, Pete, you're looking for value and you're looking for some steady numbers in between the pipes. And I honestly feel like you'll continue to find that. Um, San Jose has been playing some decent hockey the last little while. We'll see what happens with Hurdle. Uh, we talked about Timo Meyer last podcast, Eric Carlson, Brent Burns. There's, they're doing some good things out there. I didn't know what to expect from the Sharks this season, Pete. Yeah, and they have, uh, yeah, I think they got like seven or eight guys in the top 200 yeah. this week, which is really impressive. It's not the good old days, but it's not half bad either. Yeah. So James Reimer, 12, 7, and 1 on the season, 9-18, like I mentioned, one shutout. But he's played 21 games. So um, even, you know, some of the past few years, he didn't really have good peripherals, even on that good yeah. Carolina defensive team. So it has been extremely impressive what he's been able to do. Um, since we last talked, Nick, uh, Tyler Toffoli came back from injury, had a big performance. I think it was the one day of the of the year, right, that if you stacked Montreal guys in DFS, it would have paid off for yeah. you. Um, bounce back games across the board, Suzuki, Toffoli, Petrie, you know, that whole deal. So Toffoli, I think, is worth picking up in most leagues right now. And do you think there could be any... Uh, you know, hidden value in Montreal the rest of the way. I know we're really down on this team, but they they showed a little bit of fight the other day winning at Dallas. Yeah, I would say baby steps to build yourself up to go out and get some Montreal Canadiens again as we get closer to the deadline. Uh, you know, maybe the pressure was there of having a new GM and the search there. So Kent Hughes is now in the mix and we'll see if there's some right. movement um, you know, on the trade front, but I, I think I would sniff around on Toffoli, like even another guy like Christian Dvorak. I don't think his his second half can be as bad as it was offensively as the first half. So I think you continue. It's a monitor team for me is the way I would put it right now, similar to Arizona, the way they've been for the majority of the season. And we're starting to see some value in the Yotes. I think Montreal's a team down the stretch where you could see some value because they're so out of it. So they just have hockey to play, right? For sure. And a lot of these bad teams out there are going to provide significant fantasy value the rest of the way even yeah. a top line like buffaloes you see alex tuck seven points in seven games since joining the sabers we're not surprised by that we saw it coming we knew that he would have hidden value but tage thompson when he plays fantasy relevant jeff skinner having a nice little bounce back season with 14 goals 111 shots he's got like 18 shots over his past four games and five points in the four games. So, and again, exposure to Tuck. So it's not a name. People laugh when they hear Jeff Skinner's name, unfortunately, because of his big contract, but he's not half bad. He's a top liner. He's playing well this season compared to last year. So just don't overlook some of these teams, even Arizona, like you said, 
Lawson Krause, Vamelka, right? The goalie. These the milkman studs lately. I got Skinner on my team. I'm in first place. And you know what? Skinner <laughs> flying under the radar. You know, you're right, Petey. He 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 gets shots on goal. Uh, can we do some questions, uh, some grab bag with the questions here? Um, as I look at these questions coming in on Instagram, by the way, if you're on YouTube, yeah. leave us a comment, leave us a question. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. If you don't like me, that's fine. I've heard plenty of stuff about you guys not liking me. I'm going to keep opening up this mic and chirping like a cardinal like an owl i got owls in my backyard here by the way out in woo, long island woo, yeah woo. yeah woo, all night all night until 3 a.m i'm watching the aussie open i got the owls going pd go ahead i got uh, i saw a couple questions on Ilya samsonov for the washington capitals this has been polarizing to watch this guy because when he's healthy you know the ceiling is high but it's always like one bad outing and then a shutout and then you know, then Vanacek gets the job back. It's like he can never even win his own job outright, let alone become the top five or top 10 goalie in fantasy that we all know that he's capable of being. So people are asking about a variety of different goalies related to Samsonov. Like I wouldn't go so far as dropping him for a Francois or a Ville Husso, but when mm-hmm. you start comparing him to some other goalies in the middle ground, I think he's falling behind the curve a little bit. Definitely is. But I will say, like, I think you have to have the long term approach with younger type goalies, right? Like with anybody. We talked about it with Carter Hart over the years. Certainly Spencer Knight was a guy I wasn't really feeling going into this season. Like there's going to be some turbulent moments. And I think in general, Pete, with Washington, they've just really, really struggled to find that consistency as of late because they can't stay healthy, right? Like day after day, new guy on the COVID list and every team's like that. But I think until we see the full roster or close to of, of the Washington Capitals, I can't make an accurate assessment. I think clearly they want both guys to play in Vanacek um, and Samsonov, but I'm still holding out hope that Samsonov gets to that fantasy level we've all projected for years, right? And I think there's going to be some buildup here so I still have some legitimate faith in Samsonov. I know it's been a struggle, but uh, be patient, Pete. Yeah, patience is the virtue with a goalie like that for sure. Yeah. And um, I do I do still think he'll rise to the top. Like Oshie um, has been a big disappointment this year. He's had multiple illnesses. He's had multiple injuries. Backstrom still hasn't gone full-fledged um, assist machine like we know he's capable of now. Yeah, John Carlson's on the COVID list. Dmitry Orlov got suspended. It just never ends with this team. You know, Ovi's doing his thing and Kuznetsov most of the season. But And Tom Wilson, nice little bounce back the other day. But, you know, they're going to need these guys healthy. They've they've had the depth to, to hang around and, you know, still be near the top of the standings in that Metro. So it's really amazing what they're able to do year after year, even when everything goes terribly wrong. Uh, they're still only three points behind the Rangers for first place in the Metro with the same number of games played. So that speaks to that team's staying power through thick and thin for sure. Bob writes in, uh, I have um, Ryan Reeves and I have Jeff Skinner on my fantasy team. Am I going to win a chip? No, I'm kidding. I made that up. <laughs> and I'm in first place. And I'm in first place because I'm playing with Davies, like second grade, you know, squad of, of, of- <laughs> squad of uh of fantasy players so i'm in first place with skinner and i'm picking up reeds it's going to be one of the all-time great fantasy championships ever nick no comment but speaking of bob hey the return of believer make believe i know boss been waiting for this we need a theme song still we need a sponsor but it's back pete are you ready i'm ready 
I'm, I'm All sure right. there will be some obscure names, but I'm ready. <laughs> well, I can't get over Bob's fantasy team. I got to dissect that one day. All right. We're going to start easy with you, Pete. Uh, well, it's not really easy. Capo Kakinen, 43% ownership since uh, the Winter Classic, 3-0-1, 2.42933. I guess you can answer as well what to do with Can Talbot when he returns, but believe or make believe on Capo Kakinen's numbers. I definitely believe in him. I've believed in him for a couple of years now. I, I don't think that that nine-game winning streak last year was a flash in the pan. I think that he's been underutilized, and I think he should be uh, you know, either a 1A or 1B, but there shouldn't be much of a gap, not nearly as much as there yep. was last year between him and Cam Talbot. Um, I don't have Talbot in any of my leagues, but you know we took him out of the rankings for now because he's uh, he's injured. Yep. But again, Minnesota, it hasn't been all roses for them this year, especially lately. So it's good to see the goaltending pick up uh, because even earlier in the year when they were near the top of the standings, Talbot wasn't playing great. He had a great season last year, but um, the start of this year has been underwhelming. So stage is set for Kakinen. I'm a big fan of that player. I think Seattle should have taken him, to be honest, yep. instead of signing Grubauer to big money. But And that's aging well right now, not to knock <laughs> Seattle when they're down. But that's just, yeah. we did a, a mock expansion draft, and I had them taking uh, Kapo Kakinen for a reason. So. Yeah, I told you, it sounded like the analytics are not good on Kakadin, which I still like his big frame. And I, I'm right there with you. I believe on this guy. Um, and I think the play is that you're just so right. The play is to play this guy more often. Play both your goalies because every team is doing it. So we both believe on Capo Kakadin. Next up, Blake Coleman of the Calgary Flames, uh, dual eligible winger, around 27% ownership. The last six games, three goals, two assists, five points, one shorthanded point. One game winning goal and 27 shots on goal. Believe or make believe, Pete Jensen? Make believe to an extent. I, I don't trust that Calgary second line. I like the wings. I just, I don't like what I've seen in recent years from Sean Monahan. So if it's yeah. Monahan centering Coleman and Mangiapane, it's a little boom or bust for me. It's a little hot and cold for my liking. I always strive for consistency in my fantasy teams and my pickups. I don't want the one multi-goal game every two weeks uh, where, you're, where your uh, stat line at the end of the year looks great, you know, like Burakovsky is a lot yeah. of the time. I, I mean, it's just, it pays off in, in bunches sometimes, but more often than not, it's frustrating and then you're contemplating dropping the guy. So that's kind of where I view Blake Coleman. He's a championship caliber player. No knock on him in reality, but just fantasy wise, he's been a little underwhelming this season and I don't think he has the support of an elite or even valuable fantasy centerman to help him find more consistency I'm siding with you on that one make believe just ride the hot hand that's all we can say on that front I know where we're both going on this one but I'm just using the name to drive up his value and drive up the fact that he's only around 25% owned which makes no sense to any of us but Alex Tuck of the Buffalo Sabres first seven games two goals five assists seven points one power play point 15 shots on goal. We are believing, no doubt about that, Pete. Yeah, the Sabres, you know, their fans right now are wrapped up with the Bills, and we we get that. And, you know, I know there was a snowstorm the, the other day, so a lot of people weren't at that game. But people need to get on board in Buffalo about everything that Alex Tuck is about uh, on and off the ice. I think he's going to become a fan favorite. 
I think he's going to be close to a point per game player when it's all said and done this season. And he covers hits. Last I checked, 22% rostered. So I'm a big fan of that player. Um, I think that he's going to do some big things for Buffalo in the short term and then definitely in the long term. I'm talking a year or two from now, that team resurrects a little bit um, from this bad situation that they've been in the past year or two. I think that Alex Tuck is going to be heavily involved fantasy-wise and in general. And Peter is the commissioner of the Alex Tuck fan club. So send them mm-hmm. an email, send them a note on Twitter. Anyone who loves Alex Tuck and Peter, Peter's a big Bills fan too. I mean, he's been through thick and thin with the Bills. Big one for the Bills this weekend against the Chiefs, PD. So I know you'll be into it, but Alex Tuck, listen, he's on my fantasy team too. And of I'm, course like he I is. Said, <laughs> I'm, leading, I'm, leading, I'm leading the you charge. You must be maybe. undefeated this year. No, I actually, I just got a text from Bob. I volunteered to have you guys put me through a table when we go to Vegas for All-Star Weekend. So can't wait for that. Maybe we'll light it on fire, too. Those are always the best videos. Okay, next up, Pete, you were banging this drum. You were first on it. Ilya Mikheyev, around 50% or 15% ownership. You know, I cover this guy for the last couple of years. He went from a guy who could not literally score to he can't miss now. He's got uh, six goals in, in the last seven, two game-winning goals, 26 shots on goal, make or or believe or make believe on Ilya Mikheyev, how you feel. He's got a nice shot volume. The goals are trickling in for sure. And he's doing it outside of the top six most of the time, which always says a ton about the player making the best of a bad situation. How many wings out there, right, Nick? If they got moved out of the top six, would just completely fall flat on their face. Oh, yeah. It was Tuck from a few years ago in a good way. We were talking about Lundell, how he hasn't missed a beat, even though he's the third line center for Florida. Same thing here with Mikhaev, who's mostly on the third line. So, uh, yeah, he's still in our top 200 rankings this week. You could find those on NHL.com slash fantasy. As always, we post those every Thursday morning before the show. Uh, so have a look there. And, yeah, he's near the bottom of the list because he's on the third line. He might yeah. drop out next week and then come back in. But exactly overall, yeah. it's great to see him healthy because he's had some scary injuries over the past oh, couple yeah. of years, I know. Um, and he's back healthy and he's performing at the best rate of his career right now since he came back. Yeah, he used to be in the Toronto Maple Leafs press box be beside this guy making tea before games. So he's come a, a long way from where he was uh, beside yours truly, which stunk, uh, obviously. But uh, Ilya Mikheyev, conveniently enough, a contract here. Last but not least, we're going to go to a young defenseman, my boys. Uh, 1% ownership. Cam York of the Philadelphia Flyers. Last five games, a goal and two helpers. He's running that power play now. Two power play points. The rebuild is on in Philly. Will Gritty be dealt between now and the deadline, Pete? Yeah, I don't care about Gritty. I care about Cam York. That's that's nice to see one of their prospects step in to the fire and start delivering a little bit. I saw he's been sprinkling in some points and yeah. Um, yeah. Philly, there's some sneaky value on them as well. You know, Cam Atkinson is going to be facing his former team for the first time on Thursday in the blue jackets. He's been on fire lately, 15 points yeah. in his past 14 games. And you know that those forwards, as long as Atkinson's there, as long as Claude Giroux is there, he may be traded before the deadline. We don't know in his contract year, but for now, that's a pretty dynamic duo, even when the Flyers are losing games left and right like they are. But yeah, Cam York, if he's on power play one, uh, A-OK in my book to pick up in a deeper league. There's nobody out there on defense 
outside of our top uh, 40 rankings or so. Jacob Slavin was on COVID list and was falling out of the rankings, then had a three assist game and then moved up to like 35 or something like that at the position. So that's how, how slim it is these days on defense. Yeah, just praying for an option, an actual option when it comes to D. So I'm actually believing on Cam York, who I think is going to get a lot of ice here in the second half. Which I expect the Flyers to sell off. I think that division's spoken for, and the Flyers are not in that conversation. I think they have, what, a 10-game losing streak and now a 9-game losing streak in the same season, Pete? Oof. Only the Flyers could have two 10-game <laughs> losing streaks in the same season. Um, that is incredible. But, you know, we don't like to see that Flyers no. are – one of the uh, most fun franchises in the league to watch when they're, when they're playing well, but obviously some front office things have gotten in the way and um, held back some of their best young players the past few years. So that's why we stand where we stand. How'd that coaching change work out? Um, Not too well so far. That's a big, that's a big buzzer. Okay. Anything else before we get for the, to the picks, because I want, I want the folks on YouTube also to, to throw out their picks in the comments section on uh, if you're listening to the podcast, hit us up on Twitter with your picks because I'm going to steal some of them. Go ahead, Peter. I got one thing. So people are asking, I know this, this always happens when a guy is having a breakout season and then guys come back from injury, but people are worried about Evan Rodriguez who has been a stud this year, but now might be down to the third line because, because Malkin's back and Carter's playing well and, Cut him loose. Crosby is obviously healthy and rust is back. So there's just not a lot of spots out there for Evan Rodriguez. Are you worried about Erod, as I like to call him and his <laughs> staying power to finish what he started here? Cut him loose. There's one puck. Yeah. God saying cut him loose. Yes. I would cut him loose. I, he, he's a guy I targeted and said, Hey, this guy's relevant when he's in the top six, when he's playing with Crosby, when he's playing with Malkin, when he's not, he's not on my fantasy team. So that would be my answer. Do you feel differently? I feel a little differently. He's performed well, even when he was alone on the second line before Gino came back. He can play center. He could play wing. The big thing, though, is he's not going to be on power play one anymore. And that's, that's one it. thing that we yeah. knew was going to happen because there are only so many number of chairs in that equation for Pittsburgh when they're fully healthy. But yeah, Pittsburgh has some good streaming appeal right now. Jeff Carter, high shot volume all season. That trade looks amazing in hindsight how they were able to get him away from the Kings. And then of course, Jason Zucker came back the other day, had a nice little game, two goals, yeah. one on the power play, seven shots and three hits. So monster game from him. And, you know, that speaks to the depth of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, you know, could Rodriguez still provide fantasy value? Not to the extent that he has playing on yeah. the third line with say Jeff Carter and Zucker. Yeah, I think he can. So I'm not cutting the cord on him, but the floor could be low over time. If he, without that PP one exposure, a couple more things for me. Uh, number one, I think I could utilize this time to trade for John Klingberg. I think the writing's on the wall. I think he's gone. He's leaving he Dallas and probably to a, a more favorable opportunity. So I'm he's looking out. at that value and saying, Hey, I'm making this deal and I'm talking about fantasy, but we'll see where he ends up. So some food for thought there and uh, Nikolai Ehlers injury replacements, but go ahead first, Pete. Yeah. Oh, I hate to see that with uh, Ehlers. Yeah. I mean, I have Ehlers in my weekly league and it's burned me so many times this year because first he's on the COVID list, then he's injured. Then he's, yeah. you know, it's just been one thing after the other, then he was in a dry spell production wise. So we're still high on, e on Ehlers for the rest of the season, but 
it hurts when he's again out of the lineup for at least three games. But yeah, I think that, um, what, what was the thing that you said right before that? John Klingberg. Yeah. John Klingberg. So yeah. I'm looking at as a Lindell for the Dallas stars as a like guy that. you could pick up yeah. now that could take a bigger role. Um, if John Klingberg is traded, which seems like the likelihood, like you just mentioned. And yeah, with Dallas, I'm just, I'm frustrated with Dallas because this has been going on for a few years since they made the cup final. They're an underachieving regular season team. They just, nobody loses to Montreal these days and they just lost to Montreal at home. Um, Ottinger is bottoming out a little bit. I still like them long-term, but that's the thing with Dallas. Their long-term outlook isn't great. They have so much money tied up to Ben and Sagan who are, you know, in the later, less productive stages of their careers. So how high can you really be on guys like Robertson, Hintz, Haskinen, you know, guys like that and Ottinger if the long-term trajectory of the team is going downward, right, Nick? Yeah, and I think they got to change the way they play. Um, and maybe it's just me being, you know, selfish from a fantasy point of view because it's like a bogged down, like tight checking style. I just don't know if they have the players for that type of game, especially now. And uh, they're they're my number one team going into the deadline because I think they're selling. And I think you look at a couple names clearly, as we just mentioned, John Klingberg, but also. You know, a guy like Alex Radulov, Joe Pavelski could be on the market as well. Guys of that ilk, like secondary scoring, I think is going to be big at this year's deadline. So Dallas is a team I'm looking at, but I want to see them adapt the way they play a bit here, Pete. So uh, we'll, we'll keep tabs on Klingberg. I just wanted to add on Ehlers as well. Internally, uh, Cole Perfetti is getting a nice little bump the last little while. Ditto for Andrew Kopp. We'll see if Paul Stasny comes back. Externally, Victor Arvidsson, uh, Dominic Kubalik, Alex Kerfoot, and Dennis Gurianov are guys I'd look at for injury replacements there. No, Perfetti's a high-end prospect that scored his first goal the other day. We've we've tried to play that game with a couple of younger guys. Sometimes they get sent down and stuff like that. But I think Winnipeg needs – they've had more times than not this year, right? They've had a either a first or second-line right-wing spot up for grabs because Wheeler has been out for so long. and. Yeah. Even when Wheeler was healthy, he was playing a lot on the third line and some slow starts for their for their best players, whether it's Shifley, Ehlers, Wheeler before his injury. So I think there might be an opportunity for Perfetti to scratch the surface here. And if you're in a keeper or dynasty league, you got to he's on the short list of high end prospects that might be available. And this portion of the program is sponsored by Deep Cuts. Uh, the leader is Peter Jensen in the Deep Cuts. Okay, can oh. we get to our picks? Because I got two that are just, I mean, I, I have to get to these picks. So why don't we start Okay, get with, to it first, son. You go ahead, then. You want me to go? Okay, well, yeah, these are ahead. two smelly, stinky. <laughs> look at them, and you're like, why would I ever take these teams? And you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, both of them are going to win. Uh, I will take the Ottawa Senators to upset Pittsburgh at a massive price. I think it's like plus 250. Wow. Give me wow. the Sens tonight. And then listen, if the Flyers can't figure out a way to win this game at home, the fans are rabid. Everyone's upset with the Flyers. They're looking at this Flyers team. How can they win a game? If there's any team that they can beat, it is the Columbus Blue Jackets. Give me the Flyers minus 120 at the Wells Fargo Center at home. Those are my two picks on a slate that where there's really not much that I'm, I'm looking at and I'm getting all interested in Pete. Yeah, I, I think there's some value on Buffalo, you know, against the Dallas Stars to see the Dallas Stars at 
minus 200 favorites against anybody in the league, especially after a loss to Montreal is a little That's alarming scary. because of all yes. those concerns we said. Tyler Sagan uh, did it's have a, a multi-point game last game and had nine shots on goal. So something to keep an eye out for there. I'm not buying into Sagan. I don't, I don't know if he's available in any of my leagues. I'm not picking him up even if he is, but uh, something to watch out there with different props to see if Sagan gets his season back on track. But I kind of like the little sneaky touch on the Buffalo Sabres, especially Ooh. if they have that top line of Thompson, <laughs> Tuck, and Jeff Skinner uh, rolling out there. Yeah, baby. I like it. And you got your Bills playing too this weekend, so you might as well go with that Buffalo theme, baby. What do you got, Nicholas? Bob's owls going nuts right now. All I'm hearing is hooing. Um, I'm getting pissy with this one, boys, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Florida at Edmonton. I, I'm going to take an Edmonton win, if you can believe this, and a dry sidle goal after the kerfuffle ooh. the other day. Ooh, ooh, you know, I like that. That's one of your <laughs> angles. This is like the Willie O'Reilly yeah. angle, Pete, where, you know, the, the whole dry sidle. This is sidle, a revenge angle. Pissy. Yeah, you know, uh, someone was saying that Edmonton's going to, like, reel off 10 wins in a row after yeah, that. Not. that no. You know, I don't see that happening because their <laughs> goaltending is so bad. But I like the angle, though. I like the angle because I think it's a tough – Listen, that Alberta trip is always tough, and and yeah. Florida didn't play well last game, and Edmonton with a little something to prove tonight, Peter. I like mm. it. Mm. I think I think Florida is going to handle them pretty pretty well. <laughs> I think that you I know that right. bl- the blip <laughs> the blip that you're talking about just happened with Florida against Calgary. That was uh, yeah, I know you, you were on that. Bobby, right? You were talking with Waiver Wire James. Yeah, well, Waiver Wire James. Calgary is going to win that game. Yeah, by the way, Waiver Wire James had like a seven-team parlay. Every single one of them hit. <laughs> he, he sent no it way. to me. He sent it to me, and I said, uh, sorry, James, uh, I think uh, Florida is going to lose. Calgary is going to beat Florida. <laughs> and it turns out that was the one game, I think, I think uh, that, yeah, that derailed that so parlay. So sorry, James, but again, before you put any parlays in, please run it by me because I know where the roadblock is going to come. And you can find Bobby at Airchecked uh, on Twitter. So send him your parlays before you Hate go forward too. with anything. Yep. Yeah, anything <laughs> then, you'd like, directed him. And then for the Kings, the Kings are playing the <laughs> Avalanche second of a back-to-back. I'm not picking the Kings because the Avs are a machine right now, but definitely look at that second line, the Trevor Moore. Philip Deneau. Philip yeah. Deneau has been really good lately in point per game over his past eight with a nice shot volume. Uh, you know, he'll be matched up against Kadri or McKinnon, so he'll have his hands full. But you know how the Avs can be leaky sometimes, especially maybe if uh, Darcy Kemper is not fully healthy. We hope he is. But if he's not, teams on second of a back to back, maybe the over hits in that game uh, if the Avs are a little leaky. Put a bow on it, guys. It's time. It, it is. It's time. Um, listen, I'm going to uh, record the owls in the backyard tonight. I'll put it out on Twitter. If anyone can tell me what kind of owls these are, you know, barn owls, you know, screech owls. I don't know, but I'm sh- I'm sure there's some some owl experts out there. Ooh, 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 ooh. I'll, I'll put the audio up there. OK, put a bow on it. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I've had the coffee. I had the coffee today and it's it's showing. We're going off the rails here, so we better shut it down. So again, for Bob Bender, Nick Alberga, great show, guys. We'll be back at it with Waiver Wire James come Monday. We're excited to talk to him after uh, he had the week off this week on Monday. So again, Pete Jensen saying so long. NHL Fantasy on Ice. Leave us a review on YouTube. 
on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You know the deal by now. Show your support for the show. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. NHL Fantasy on Ice. Woo-hoo.